The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. Okay, so very good. Very good to see some people joining in for the meditation tonight. Um, that's quite nice. I was saying, well, I'm not sure where everybody is, but if you're here in Victoria, it's it's just starting to get dark now. It's still light outside, so it's it's good. A lot of people wait till it's just before bed, but you know it's sort of late afternoon now. So so it's good that we uh, can um, uh, take this time together to to practice. And you know, even though it's still light outside, we can whatever's happened in the day, we can put that put that aside for now. Drop that for the moment. And anyone that just hasn't been to one of these sessions before, if this is your first time tuning in, we usually sit for a period of time, say for about 40, 40 minutes to anywhere anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour. I give guided meditations throughout, give some instructions, and at the end of that, you're more than welcome to ask some questions. As Sri Jewett said, we, you can just type it in, and I'll answer the questions after the meditation session. But just for now, we'll start the session. Try to find a comfortable seat. Whether you're sitting cross-legged on the floor or on a chair. Doesn't matter where you're actually sitting but it is helpful to try to keep the back nice and straight. And again, just before we start, we it's good to set the mind up for the meditation that you're about to undergo. You can just make the determination that any thoughts of the day that's passed by, any problems or concerns that you had during the day, that now is just the time to put those aside and lay them down for now. Any thoughts about what you have to do tomorrow or later in the week, any kind of planning. Again, we can just put this aside for now. It's not the time to be thinking of these things. It's the time to work on ourselves and improve the quality of our mind. And we can only do this if we try to remain in the present and remain with our meditation object as much as we can. So just make the determination, you know, this time that we have to spend meditating, that we won't waste it. And if we do find ourselves lost in thought, that we'll just attempt to come back to our meditation object. Mm -hmm. 
This time you have is precious, so we try to make the most of it. And we can start by bringing our attention to the feeling of the body sitting here. in this place, at this time. Just try to scan it and see exactly how it feels right now. There might be a few small discomforts in the, bro in the body. might feel comfortable in some areas. You can feel your body pressed against the seat or your feet touching the floor or your hands resting on your lap. However this body feels right now, the sensations coursing through it, just try to take it all in and observe it for exactly what it is. Again, simply just taking stock of what's happening in the present moment. You can notice the sounds in the room and maybe the sound of my voice. And we can also take stock of how we're feeling in this moment. Do we feel restless? Do you feel tired? Do you feel at ease? However it is that you're feeling kind of emotions and the mood that permeates your experience at this moment. Again, just notice it for what it is right now. And that just right now, that your experience is just this way. You don't experience any other reality besides this one right now. So just try to sink into this moment and keep your awareness open to exactly what is in the present, the sounds, the sensations in the body, the different moods and emotions, the kind of thought patterns that are arising. Pay attention to these for the next few moments and just try to let them be.
As your mind and your thoughts start to simmer and settle down, you can rest your attention, the feeling of the breath coming in and going out. Allow the breath to follow its natural rhythm. And simply observe it and follow it. Let your attention rest in this spot where you feel the breath come in and go out. Simply watch it, there's no need to analyze, just merely watch the tide of the breath come in and go out, just like you were sitting on the shore of a beach, watching the waves roll in and roll out. Just rest your mind and rest your attention on this process.
any outflowings of the mind, any thoughts that wander off in a slipstream. If you notice this, just gather your attention back together and let it rest at this place where the breath comes in and goes out. Try to softly hold your attention in this spot. And not let it wander off too far. the mind starts to calm down, just leave your attention in this place, in this spot that you've placed it, and even if the breath starts to become very refined, and hard to notice, and shallow. Just leave your attention there.
Re-establish your awareness on this point. Attend to this point where the breath comes in and goes out. And as you attend to this point, try to look for the one who is paying attention. Where is this attention coming from? Who is this attention coming from? Try to find the center from which attention and awareness emanates. Is there a point that it comes from? Is there someone there who controls it? Or is it merely just appearing? This feeling that you have, that you're back here somewhere, paying attention to this breath that may be in front of you. Try to examine this feeling that you think is me. Is there any substance to it? Is there any center to it? Or is this feeling of me just simply another appearance in your experience?
any thoughts of doubt or confusion about this. Look for the thinker of those thoughts. Try to find the one who is thinking, the one who is paying attention, the one who is aware. And the closer you look, the less you find. For the next few minutes, periodically, just try to turn your attention back on itself, back on the thinker, back on the experiencer, and let your mind rest in that space. When it starts to move again, you can simply just return back to the breath. periodically turn attention back on itself.
last few minutes of the session, and just bring your awareness back to the sensations coursing throughout the body. There might be feelings of aches or pains, or the body might feel light and buoyant. Just try to bring your awareness back to the sphere of the body and any sounds in the room. Again, just try to re-establish this feeling of merely sitting here. slowly start to make adjustments to your posture, Become more aware of your surroundings, the sounds, the temperature in the room. Try to notice this change as a more normal mode of awareness comes back online.
So hopefully you all had a nice, peaceful, peaceful sit. It was beneficial. And if anybody does have any questions, you're more than welcome to either type them into the YouTube chat or you can jump on the Zoom and ask, ask in person. Everybody's very peaceful and calm. Nobody's asking any questions. Everybody's mind is bright and clear and free of free of defilements, free of doubt, free of worry. When you do type your questions in, by the way, just if it's it's a good habit to develop to just type in question and then you know ask the question in YouTube if you're doing using the YouTube chat, it's a good habit. There's one question here, Ajahn. Hmm. Um, so it's uh, Namaste. How do monks meditate when they are down with headaches? Ah, uh, yeah. So. Um, There's a few. There's a few different ways. So I actually, uh, you, you're, you're, you're speaking to a little bit of an expert on this. I, I used to get very, very bad headaches. Um, uh, still do from time to time. Um, and I actually when so when I first ordained, um, when I was a layperson, actually I used to get like quite bad migraines. Uh, and then even you know, moving into my first few years of of ordination, I'd still get quite bad migraines. Um, so it's, it's something that you, it, it's, it's really hard to do. Uh, first and foremost, I'll just sort of put that caveat out there. It's quite hard to do, but like any other kind of, uh, uh physical sensation that you're actually having in the body at, at any one time, it's you're you're noticing it with the same kind of quality of mind the same way that you'd observe, uh, you could say like a pain in the knee or something, or the same way that you would observe, uh, you could say like a, any kind of negative mind state that's there and you just, you more, you just try to observe it for exactly what it is. You, you can, with some practice, you can do that with, uh, uh bad headaches, um, it feels harder because uh, uh, the headaches, they're a bit harder to overcome because the headaches feel like they're emanating from the place where you're paying attention from. So it's like, well, how do I pay attention to this thing that's like in the place where I'm paying attention from? So, but if you, 
that's why actually this, some of the practice, the, 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 some of the instructions I gave right towards the end where, we, where you're actually looking more at this feeling, this feeling of, of, of a me, a subjective me that's sort of sitting here and what actually is this and where is this sort of attention coming from. Um, if you can do some of these kinds of practices and then it's sort of the, the, the kind of headaches that you have, you, you can actually just see them as this, you know, this, this extra kind of pain that's there, wherever you're actually getting the, the pains in your head. And again, you can just see it as this, it's just another, it's another feeling, it's another part of Vedana that's arising within your awareness and it just sort of, you know, potentially just happens to be like in the in your forehead or behind your eyes or something like that so it's it's something it's something you can work with um and it depends how bad the headaches actually are when it's um if you're sort of getting migraines and stuff then you know sometimes the only thing to do is just just ride it out and sit in a dark room and and just you know, close your eyes and just sort of ride it out but um, it's it's something you can you can work with it, and again, just like you'd work with any other kind of pain that's in the body, just by merely observing it, try to watch it arise and pass away, and and you know also if it works for you, take some painkillers as well. It's uh, you know I, as as a monk, as a as a Buddhist monk, you ask the 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 way you phrase the questions were how do monks deal with like headaches when they meditate? Is I I take a lot of painkillers, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ajahn. Just on that one, um, mm. I get um, sort of tension developing as right. I'm meditating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and sometimes you think whether that's from just um, like tensioning, tension from just trying, trying too hard, trying to concentrate mm. too hard. Mm. And one of the ways that I can um, overcome that is by opening my eyes for a while. Right. Yeah, yeah. And true. then. Mm. Um, and then relaxing and then coming back into it. But, mm. yeah, I, I do get – I'm not sure whether the questioner was talking about, well, the tension that develops or the right, headache right, that develops right. while you're actually yeah. meditating as yeah. well. Yeah. So. Actually, and you, you bring up a good point. That is a common problem. People, people – some people – I have heard reports of people that do get that. If they – say, for example, they might try to uh, watch the breath or something like that and – you sort of get sort of locked up in your own head and it actually can bring about this feeling of sort of tension, as you said, sort of tension behind the eyes and, yeah, this feeling of, uh, you know, tension in the forehead and all these kinds of things. So, yeah, it, just try to do those different things where you maybe open your eyes and um, uh, if, if it is a headache that's coming from something like that and you can you can do those kind of things. So, hmm. Our next question hmm. is... Um I find the Buddhist teachings sometimes a bit depressing mm. because my practice is not going so well mm. and and all is dukkha around around us. Mm. Any advice? And just a clarification. I mean the way enlightenment seems so unreachable and mm. the life and life so full of suffering. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really something, you know. It is the Buddhist teachings. It, like it, it is. It is difficult. Like you, you can't 
deny that you can't deny that it's the, the the you could say like the hardest thing that you're actually going to try to do in your life is train your mind the hardest thing that you're going to do is try to see through this sort of veil of delusion that that we're actually that we experience and this is this is not something that you you can just do very quickly this is not something you can just you know hear the teachings a few times and you get it and then all of a sudden you know it's everything's all clear uh, if if that if things were like that there'd be a lot more enlightened beings in the world anybody that you know anybody i don't know that goes to a yoga studio and wears yoga pants or they'd probably all be enlightened by now so it's not an easy path and it's it it's something that does take time to actually develop and so at times yeah it can seem like this you know this is so far off like i'm i'm practicing and it's like I've been doing it for, you know, months. I've been doing this for years. I've been, uh, and, you know, so I, I, it, it still, it still seems like it's such an insurmountable goal. While those kinds of feelings are, they're, they're quite normal. Like they're quite normal to have. And especially after you've been practicing for a while, and it's just sort of very normal. You've been doing it for a while, but you have to, um, while you, while these things do come up and it's normal, you also have to consider the alternative as well. How much more suffering will you have if you don't do these things? Yeah, the Buddha did teach that you know that that things everything was dukkha, but you know how do you opt out of that? Like you you do, like you can't you you can't go well. I know the Buddhist teaching is like this and I know enlightenment seems like a long way off and I know like things are dukkha, but you can't just go, well, if I just ignore that and don't do anything about it, then it all goes away. It's Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. So it's something if we can be patient with it and just realize that it, there's, there's ups and downs in the practice and sometimes it takes it, sometimes it takes a while. To, to really get the hang of things. If, if we can sort of do that, we'll, we will gradually progress. And a lot of times it's hard. It's hard to really, you can say it's hard to assess how much you actually have grown and you have developed over the course of time. Cause we don't really, we don't really see it. It's safer. I don't know how long you've been practicing for just, let's just hypothetically say you've been practicing for like two years might have been practicing for two years and, and you think oh man okay i'm starting to realize like how hard this whole samadhi and uh, like enlightenment thing actually is and it's, it's like oh this is this just seems insurmountable and so you might start to have those kinds of thoughts come up but if you think about the development that you've made in those two years you sort of maybe think a year back you know what was your mind like what was your you know what was your your sort of like you know emotional regulation like did did you get angry ang angry a lot easier and and are you now better able to regulate that kind of anger do things that seemed like big problems before do those kinds of things not worry you as much and if you sort of really look at the quality of your mind even though it might seem like an insurmountable 
thing to get towards enlightenment that you are actually improving you are the quality of your mind is improving if you're keeping up the practice and you're you're recollecting the teachings quite regularly and so unfortunately sometimes we think that you know enlightenment's going to be this like you know blinding epiphanistic flash of insight and the world's going to break apart and you know everything's you know you're just going to you know be in the bliss of liberation and and all these kinds of things and it's going to like just the, the worst shattering experience but you know those experiences are very very rare and what it takes to get to those is a lot of small incremental steps to actually get to that point um we a lot of time think it's like well i, I know I want, I want the earth shattering like you know bliss of enlightenment but um you know i you know i want that i'm not getting i'm not getting that but we do have to just keep taking steps toward us and, and if we do keep taking steps toward us eventually it will happen but if we stop taking steps toward it then you know things are yeah you know, it, it's not like you're going to get any closer to it so you know really just you know be be patient be patient with it just keep practicing and and your mind will actually get better it mightn't be this as i said this overwhelming flash of insight wow i've i've awoken to the true nature of everything it mightn't be that but it might be more along the lines of hey you know like when people say things like this to me the mean things to me it's like i don't mind anymore it's these improvements that actually really they start to add up and the more you do this and the more these things add up the closer you're actually be getting to that to that uh closer experience so yeah don't you know try, try not to try not to worry about it too much thank you Ajahn. one more question here mm. Why does life seem to become more problematic for the ones who start to dissolve his for the one who starts to dissolve, dissolve his meditation? Sorry, I'm going to read that one again. Yeah, Why does life seem to become more problematic for the one who starts to dissolve his karma by meditation? Oh, karma by meditation. Starts to become more problematic. Not sure exactly what they mean by becomes more problematic when you start to dissolve your karma from your meditation um if if you'd just like to maybe clarify that a little bit that would be nice and i'll just i'll, I'll ramble for a few seconds <laughs> and, and my sort of inference of what you might be talking about or jump on the zoom one or the other um uh i guess one thing to consider with that is, um, let's say you're, again, just say you're like two years into the practice or something like that, or you're reasonably new, and you you start to realize, well, okay, well, there's there's all these different things happening in, like, in my mind and in my life that sort of, that do seem problematic kind of thing, and while that can that can be true to some extent there's the other side of it where it's potentially maybe what happens a lot of the times is, is we start to notice a lot more how problematic things already were you know our lives are you know reasonably chaotic and where most of the time we've just developed this habit to be able to roll 
you know, to roll with it and, okay, all these problems are coming, but I can just sort of roll with it. But then when you do start to take up a meditation, a meditation practice a little bit more, you start to realize it's like, oh, hang on, if I, if I do all these things and if I get involved in all these things or, or the more I, how would you say, the more I feed into this kind of relationship or feed into this kind of project and problem and all these kinds of things, I, I'm starting to realize how much, you know, you, you, how much uh, uh, like uh, stress and suffering that actually puts on me. So it's potentially not that that you know your karma is unraveling and bad things are starting to happen it's maybe it's more that you potentially are noticing the process a little bit more um and is there a clarification yet or okay good yeah because <laughs> i don't know where that one was going <laughs> so she um they say yeah uh, sorry i meant like running into one problem after another constantly right yeah, it's again, again. Yeah, I, I, and I okay, maybe, and I, I basically sort of stand by the last answer. I think it's more about that you start to notice it in in a lot greater detail, whereas before maybe these were problems that you encountered and they they just didn't seem like they had the kind of weight that they had before. But now when you start to practice a little bit more, you become more sensitive to how this is making you uh, uh, like react emotionally and uh, the sort of emotional valence of the mind, but then also the, the kinds of thought patterns that are around it. You become a lot more sensitive to that. And so any kind of problem that comes in, it might feel like it's much worse than what it actually is just because you become more sensitive to... Uh, your responses become more sensitive to that situation. So it's, yeah, it's not really something that things are, uh, are getting worse. And it's, it's more that you're paying, you, you're just able to pay more attention to that. In saying that as well, um, there's the other, there's another track that you can go down through with that. It's like, well, just because you're meditating uh, doesn't mean the problems that are coming up in your life are coming up because that you're meditating. It might have totally different causes. You you might have just hit a rough patch in life and there's more problems now and, and that would have happened whether or not you were meditating or not. So to, um, I'm not saying this did happen in any way, but you know, to, to equate, to equate one external uh, causes that are out there in the world with a particular kind of something internally that you might be doing. It's uh, that's that, that those, these two things aren't necessarily related. Again, you might have, again, hypothetically speaking, you started practicing two years ago, but you know, maybe the, the last two years have been rough. There's been all these other things that have happening in your life that have just sort of come in on top of that. Uh, and you know, the external things that happened in life, but again, uh, similar to the last question, um, you have to remember. It's like, well, if I wasn't meditating, how how actually would I be responding? Would I be responding better to this, or would I be responding worse to this? 
And if most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, if we're practicing some meditation, even though things are still difficult, you, you, you are responding to it in a more objective and reasonable manner. Um, you are responding to it in a better manner. You're able to regulate your emotions a little bit better. You're able to you know, see these things with a little bit more clarity. So, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's that aspect to it as well. It's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you weren't meditating, it's, it's, you know, it would be much worse. And, you know, just finally, um, you know, you are, you, 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 you sort of preface the question by, you know, why is the, why is the karma sort of becoming, you know, changing? It's like, again, it might just be sort of like old causes and conditions that are coming in old, you know, different things that happened in your life. But what you're doing by practicing something like meditation, you are building uh, a, a new kind of karma. You're putting your mind on a different kind of tract as well. Um, so even though maybe some, you know, some uh, karma is ripening and the fruits of that are ripening in the present or in the, you know, in the present, you're also putting in good causes for those things not to be happening in the future by doing things like meditation and keeping morality and things like that. So again, again, it's, you know, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the first noble truth is that things are suffering and, and <laughs> that, you know, problems are going to come up in life, whether you meditate or not, whether you're a monk or not, whether you're a lay person or not, whether you're a Buddhist or not, whether you're, you know, old or young or, or you know, whatever situation you're in, you, you're going to have some kind of problems come up in life. So, um, you know, these are things that you just can't get away from anyway. So, you know, actually having a meditation practice, it's, it's actually helping that process uh, more, than what, the, more than what is actually hindering it. There's no more questions. I just, just to, I don't know if this is going to make uh, the, the question before this one, I don't know if this was going to make you uh, uh, even, even m more depressed or, 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 or more despondent than, than what you already were. But um, uh, when I was in Thailand and sort of talking to uh, a lot of like the great teachers there and they're talking about the sort of the, you know, the realms of existence that we've actually been in and how many times we've actually been being born um and i had a teacher say to me once he 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 said he said well, if you can become if you can become a like a sotapanna reach the first stage of enlightenment if you can do that in the next seven lives then that's really 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 quick so yeah, it's it it takes it takes times if it takes time if you if you're thinking about this in the terms of you know the whole the whole extended torrid realms of samsara and existence you know the the amount of times that you may have been born and died it's sort of innumerable and countable um like you know so if you can if you can become enlightened in the next couple of lives that's actually like pretty quick cosmically speaking so you know you might have been you know practicing for a couple of years now but what's like you know, uh, two years in the space of in the space of the age of the universe kind of thing it's it's not that much you know so just you know, keep at it so again i don't know if that's even more depressing or if, or if that's helpful <laughs> when i heard it it was actually more depressing i was like oh seven lives are you kidding me it's like i i, I can't even get through this weekend like <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not too too much. Any any more questions? Oh, we're pretty pretty close to the end anyway. We have an have an early mark then. I thank you all for for coming along tonight and um, and for the questions that were asked. Hopefully, it was helpful for you in your practice. Again, on the thirtieth, there's the if you check the. Uh, the BSV website on the 30th, there's that uh, stage 2A planning planning meeting. I can't remember the time it actually is, but if you'd like to uh, tune in and just uh, find out exactly what's happening at Newbury um, the, with, the, with the building plans, this will be very good, very informative. Um, you know, get to see what's actually going on and all, the, and all the hard work that's going into it behind the scenes. You might just sort of like look on the website, oh, that's an awesome picture, this is great, you know, all this is happening, awesome. Then you might go to Newbury in six months, oh, this is fantastic, all this is happening now. It's like, yeah, yeah it's a lot of people working behind the scenes, so uh, you can uh, drop in and see, and see all, the, all the hard work that they're doing and also have a bit of a um, look at exactly what's happening. Um, and again, on the 7th, on the seventh Sunday, it's Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, Sunday the seventh, the robe offering ceremony again online um, for uh, for the Newbury Monastery. It'd be quite nice to do a do a robe offering ceremony online. Hopefully, it will be the the last robe offering ceremony online that we have to do for the next few years. So yeah, you could be a part of history. So just <laughs> drop into a robe offering online while they're still happening. <laughs> okay, so. And with that, all the best, or I'll wish you all good night, and I you know, hope you wish you all the best in your Dhamma practice.